welcome to this new installment, I guess you could say, of the Tube Station podcast. That is the channel you are listening to. But today, our friend Noel is in Alaska. He is off giving his adventures. If you listen to the last episode, he explained everything he's doing. Uh, we wish him the best, as always. And, uh, you know, we're keeping in contact with him. And the normal podcast will be back for sure. But today, it's just me. One of these two involved with the Tube Station podcast, and I have my two friends here, best friends in the whole world, Garrett Rieger, Kyle Reese. They are currently running a business, and you know we're going to get to that for sure. I mean, that's taking up a large part of their lives, um, among other things. So this is going to be just one of those fun podcasts where we have our topics. I'm sure you've seen the title by now, um, and then we're going to end this episode with a fun little Mount Rushmore. So. Without further ado, welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, so, like I said before, it's kind of funny. We're always having conversations that are like basically a podcast. Like if you were to record any of our given conversations any night, it could be worthy of a podcast easily. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> so today I just put together some topics I think that will really reflect one of our normal conversations. This shit comes up. Every, you know, every few conversations, I feel like some of these topics come up and they're just big hitting points for us. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited with the, the topics that we have on the schedule. Yeah, yeah. Looking over the rundown, I'm uh, excited to get, get into some of these. So to begin here, um, I have written down that the topic is called intelligence. And, um, you know, it's something I think about a lot, to be completely honest with you. Like, there's just so many times in the day, no matter what I'm doing, where... I'm consciously thinking about intelligence and like the comparison between people that you're around is how it mostly comes up for me. Um, I don't know about you guys. I mean, for me, it's like, you know, I'm not constantly thinking about it per se, but it's just like subconsciously I'm thinking like intelligence is a huge part of society and it's lackluster in a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, lackluster is a, a good word. I, I think I think of it both ways. I think I give a lot of respect where I'm impressed by a lot of the people who I interact with. But at yep, the same, same time, it's also mm-hmm. very frustrating when you feel people aren't even giving it effort to try. And those uh, those people who are lacking in the terms you describe, Garrett, of lackluster is, is definitely frustrating. Yeah, I, I just know <laughs> there's so many times... For example, I went golfing today. And you come across like either a person or a small group of people and you're just like, wow, like their overall level of just like simple intelligence is so much lower than mine. <laughs> like I, I sound like such a cocky dick like saying it like that, but that's truthfully like the perfect way to sum it up for me. Yeah, like it almost insults your intelligence for their their lack of intelligence. It's just people do stuff, and I'm just like, how could you even think to either do that, or how could you not, like, think the other way? Right. Like, like, add, like another little thing. Mm-hmm. It could be something is like, I'm driving in the passenger seat of a car, and the person driving it is in, like, the right lane going, like, you know, the speed limit, and, like, behind a car, and the left lane's completely open, and I'm just like, dude, like. Why don't you? Just Why wouldn't you just like go in the left lane and go like a little faster? I'm not even asking them to speed. I'm just like, how could like even that not like click 
in some people. Yep. Yep. I mean, I think, I think even that ties into something too, like, you know, intelligence has a lot to do with, you know, work ethic and drive, I think. And, you know, people who are just cruising by in life in the, in the slow lane, like what, what are you doing? You know, I could not agree with that more. That's like the intelligence to want to be efficient with your time and Mm -hmm. be efficient enough while you're out in society to bring value to everybody else that you interact with. Like the people that Dean's talking about where they don't even know that they're frustrating him. And that's the, that's the funniest part because their, their lackluster way of life is just like insulting to other people who are trying to be efficient because their intelligence is higher. They feel the purpose of each day to try to fill it with, uh, efficiency rather than just fucking around basically. And that's where I think the number one intelligence, if I had to break it down by like categories of intelligence that is most prominent when I think about it is my difference in efficient time. Like Kyle said, like how there's things you can do that would make your day more worthwhile. And whether it's driving or anything in between that could hold you up from doing something productive. Like I just don't understand how people don't like think like that. Like, Oh, we should be using our time as efficiently as possible. So why am I going 30 into 35 in the slow lane? Like, where are you going? Get there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, get there and what are you trying to do? Do Go do it faster and then you make it, maybe have time for something else afterwards. Let's say you're going 30 in the fucking right lane. Yeah, the, the driving in the slow lane, like literally, of uh, people actually driving slow and bad drivers and why road rage is a thing is actually just one of the most befuddling things I've ever tried to like think about. Because it's it really just doesn't make any sense. Well, like this at is all. a super niche type of intelligence I'm talking about. This is like drivers. I'm just talking about the road. Right. I think it's a perfect metaphor for like just all of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because the, it applies and extrapolates to the underlying intelligence that we're talking about. The the broader group of people that we're describing, not just the drivers. Right. Exactly. So, uh, my first question I have written here is. How frustrating is it to talk to someone who's just simply not at your level? And again, the way I'm wording it, it seems so cocky, but this is truthfully like, I feel like the brute and honest mm-hmm. way to put it. Yeah. If you're talking to someone and their level of intelligence is just simply a level or more lower than yours. It is. It's really difficult. It's, it's, a. Uh... It's a challenge to even approach that question of how I'm going to gather my thoughts to answer that because it's difficult because you don't, you know, there's a lot of genealogy and DNA that goes into things and you don't, you don't want to blame or judge people for not having a certain level of intelligence. But at the same time, your own emotions are what they are and they, they happen based on what you interact with in your environment. So when you do, like we're saying with the inefficiencies, that's the biggest thing for me is when I talk to someone who's not understanding what I'm saying or taking too long to get their point across to me yeah. or just basically what I interpret as wasting time because they're not intellectual enough to get their point across is just very frustrating because, and I, and I can't help it. I try to be open-minded and let them 
get their point across, but at the same time, I wish like snap, snap, like let let's move same. on. We can move mm-hmm. on to the next. I'm point. definitely super impatient with that too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a negative, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. It's a character flaw in myself, and I need to work on it. I know Me that, as well. But... I, I try to work on it. I mean, it's tough. Yeah, I try to relate it to like whenever I'm talking to someone for any conversation topic of just like if someone is more intelligent than me and like I know it you know um I mean specifically in school where I'm talking to a professor for an example where like I'm not trying to seem like an idiot and waste their time I kind of relate that to like whenever a client is talking to me about some landscaping job like not that I know everything about landscaping because obviously I don't but like there's some people that just have no sense of anything and it's it's hard to deal with that and I'm like like, I need to be respectful of other people because that's what I want people to do to me. Um, I don't know. It's just frustrating. But I don't want to, like, like, I don't try to overstep on anyone, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, like, regardless oh, of yeah. intelligence level. Right. I think, I think you came up with a really good point there. And I think expanding on it, none of us would ever portray on purpose or and even would go a step further to try to not make these people that even though it's frustrating us none of us are ever going to say anything to try to insult these people or bring anything to fruition of telling them that they're like dumb or anything because that's not even what we think it's just we're more just frustrated at the inefficiency and like the the trouble that it causes me because like their their ignorance is bliss like it's certainly nothing personal exactly it's nothing kind of selfish like we're thinking about ourselves like yeah it is selfish of us but um you know yeah it's the brute like you said it's the brute honesty i mean the overlying thing here so we've kind of gone over the the efficiency part of this but do you ever feel like you're taking in knowledge differently than someone else or like even the average person like you feel you genuinely are unique in the way that you kind of go about life and observe right because obviously what goes with intelligence is constantly taking in your environment and grabbing anything you can to grow yourself knowledgeably (laughs) yeah I, i base that on there's two different types of mindsets there's a growth mindset and there's not a growth mindset And I think a lot of that has to do with ignorance and the openness of change and trying to get better and the realization with your own self that you always have things to work on and you're always trying to improve. And with that in mind, being a growth growth mindset, trying to improve in yourself always, that's, that's the goal. Like you can't, because the intelligence comes in of, are you going to choose to always get better? Or are you going to be ignorant enough to your own to your own self that you can't get better and you're like perfect? But if you're in the growth mindset, that's where I think the true intelligence comes in because you're open to your flaws, you're open to your um, the gifts and the skills that you have, and you you have the the best knowledge of your own self to make your your own self bring yourself the most value. Agree. Um, I think I I notice it a lot as well. Say you're in just the everyday situation with a number of people you know. doesn't even have to be friends. But you're all experiencing relatively the same environment, right? You're all in the same place. You're all taking in the same, you know, stimulus from whatever senses you're getting. But what you're taking away from it and kind of banking 
in your mind, that's different. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, obviously these are just assumptions, but mm-hmm. I feel like I'm different than other people. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in, a, I'm in a scenario and I'm taking in things that other people are not. And maybe I'm missing the things that they're taking in, but I think the way the way I look at it is unique for sure. Right. Everyone's reality is different because people's retention levels are different and what people perceive are different, right? Like you're kind of, you're saying what you retain from your experience of life is much different and is very unique from others, right? Right. And your past has a lot to do with it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. I think that has a lot to do with the mindset and interest, like what, uh, what you're focused on is... Uh, really what that's going to become. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, as we've previously mentioned, uh, you guys run a business of your own, correct? We do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How old is that now? How just, many months? Just, uh, what just month past the one-year mark. So like 12? 12 months? Yeah. Yeah, it's been 12 months. So, you know, full year in, this is like... I mean, it, it doesn't get more cliche enough. Like, how many CEOs of massive companies, like, pose the hypothetical, oh, this is what I wish I would have known when I was a year into starting my business. Like, it literally is so cliche. It's absurd. And now you're actually here with the opportunity to record your kind of general overlying thoughts on running a business. And, you know, it's a real business. It's an LLC, LLC correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. like this is this is the real deal. Like it's you're not running a fucking lemonade stand. Like this is it, and you're a year in, and now you can kind of just share your thoughts and look to the future. And you know, there is a massive path that leads to you guys running this business, and it's a hundred times as big as it is now. You know, fifty years from now, and you are being like, oh, wish I would have known this when I was a year in. And you can actually listen to this podcast and like go through your thoughts again. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the coolest things about what we're doing here, this podcast, and that's why I'm so excited for it. Yeah, it's not only fun to record, but it's it's going to be really cool to look back on for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's you know if you're a Tube Station listener listening right now, you know that Noel and I have said that multiple times is one of the the main goals and missions of the Tube Station is to just bank memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and time so that you can like yep. relive it in the Later. future for your own enjoyment honestly absolutely um so back to the business um i pulled the top five business questions now this was from forbes so they're pretty credible <laughs> <laughs> um and they listed like 20 questions but i grabbed five that i thought were good to reflect on right now number one Ask yourself how committed you are to this specific business. Because no one, when they start a business, actually, this isn't true at all, but some people, when they start a business, they're not 100% in. You know, it's not taking up 100% of their day, day and night. Mm-hmm. So you have priorities. You have things going on in your life, and it's like those will change in the future, three months from now, six months, 12, 24, 72 how committed are you right now? I would say looking back from last year versus now, it's almost a hundredfold different. Like last year, it was more or less thrown together. 
with COVID and everything going on. Like essentially we needed some sort of income source, <laughs> um, at least from my perspective. And I need something to fill my void where it was, it was caddying, right? Because that's what I used to do. And now this summer, seeing the growth and how exponential it's been, essentially I think the ceiling is limitless. And it's whatever I'm going to take it to or whatever we're going to take it to or whoever's involved. Um, so whenever I ask myself, how committed am I, I'm, you know, I have to be more committed than the next guy, you know, because like there's different avenues that we can go down and the company set up where it's simply a service industry where ideally we run the service industry. <laughs> you know, you're talking 50 years from now and I'm saying like, how committed am I now? I still want to be committed just as much, if not more, 50 years from now. It's just, it just continues to grow day in and day out and, you know, year after year. I think uh, a lot of it attests to what we were just talking about before this pod started and sort of how we even started throwing this idea of doing a pod tonight was I told you in the driveway while we're standing out there bullshitting, we need to start getting up every single morning at 430 4.30 in the fucking morning, waking up before the next guy, doing things that the next guy's not doing with the growth mindset, doing things that puts us a step ahead every week, week in and week out, not work 40 hours a week like the average person, work 100 to 130 hours a week, sleep, never, eat when you can, and just outwork, out last out everything just like out grind the next guy and i think our commitment level has been really strong and i think our parents have even said that we should take a step back and not work as much and enjoy life we're at the point where we're working that much that we're not at family stuff we're not at like parties we're not at we're not out at bars going out with our friends we're we're pretty much every day night morning whatever either going over thoughts, going over paperwork, going over planning, doing anything we can to further our business. So it's basically at a hundred percent commitment level and we're already we're already trying to improve that maximum capacity of commitment level. Mm -hmm. We're trying to improve upon the time that we can be committed even more and mm -hmm. just improve it and be even more committed than we already are, which I think as Garrett said, sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and on I top that of that, a lot. and on top of that, it's like going back to the efficiency standpoint, like in the same growth aspect, we're trying to become more efficient as we continue the growth, Yep. which will just further exponential or create further exponential growth. Efficiency is the name of the game. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. I feel like having observed it for as long as I have, I can tell like the commitment right now at this point in time has never been higher for both of you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, you've kind of seen that firsthand. You've been here for three and a half weeks. And even in the past three and a half weeks, I think you've been able to see a lot of growth from day one of you being here to today. And I can attest to my own personal growth of commitment from last year to this year and Garrett's as well. I mean, we, we all have sort of stepped it up from last year to this year. And then even within the weeks, you can see the improvement. And I, I bet, Jack, last, uh, the first week of June, you you probably think we, we've even stepped it up a notch since then. No, 100%, 100%. And, you know, I see it firsthand, right? Because I'm 
passing out flyers on occasion and you're getting calls from those and then some and it's just like wow like this is a it's a machine at this point you know it's mm-hmm. not a well-oiled machine as the the saying goes yeah but it's at least a machine that's ready to be push forward the, it's a machine that's ready to be oiled and i love that analogy because that goes right along with what garrett said and what i said is efficiency is the name of the game and oiling the machine to make it go more efficient is what now we're trying to step up and raise that commitment to do because it is a machine and it is churning and it is moving forward at a good pace and we're we're very happy and very proud of what we have done but at the same time we're humble enough to realize our aspirations and our ambitions and realize we need to take it to another level and get get that efficiency and make this a well-oiled machine. Absolutely. And um, I'm going to preface the next few questions with the fact that I actually have been known to be kind of a devil. You know what a devil's advocate is? Like the type of person? Like I've always just kind of been that guy. I don't, I think it's been, you know, just a part of, my growth and, and who I am and what I've been through, but I've always been kind of a devil's advocate guy. So the next few questions, you know, let me play that in order to get, you know, the juices flowing even further and get your conversations even deeper um, about the business, of course. The next question is, as someone who can see that the landscaping business is pretty you know, on the surface in terms of what your product is. Like you're offering landscaping services. I know that's not all you guys do, but, you know, right now it's the majority. And obviously in the future you could branch out. But right now, what differentiates your business from the competition? First word that comes to my mind is quality and care. I, to keep I, it that, yeah you kind of nailed it with those i i had quality in my mind care care definitely is up there i think just positivity and intent are other ones that come to mind mm-hmm. where what we're trying to do is different than just be a landscaping company or a mulching or grass cutting service we're we're trying to bring true value to the community around us and provide value to them while also building a business that provides value to its workers, its uh, owners, its investors, its everyone who comes in or interaction with it. We want to have a positive touch on that life, even with customers who we don't always get along with. And there's always, there's always somewhat of disagreements that happen in business. Business is business, but right. we always try to get through those with a positive note the best we can and never never burn a bridge and always build good relationships and just keep the positivity and intent there as a good thing. And so I think that's that's really what the differentiator is, is our is our intent on just building that positive value for everyone, not just ourselves. So that's something I was gonna say is, you know, with the three main ones I've heard, right, is quality and then the next I think could fall under customer service. Mm-hmm. Sure. And those are two things that almost every business, you know, you want that in a business, right? Like every business Absolutely. is kind of yearning towards that. But I think the third one is really what I think you guys have a difference in. And that's what the word you used was care. Mm-hmm. Like how many people in this business truly 
you know, they're doing the work for you. To be honest. Because they're to treating be blunt, it as if, like, it was their own, you know, home. Like, yeah. To be blunt, project. they don't give a fuck. Most of them don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. It's honestly, it's pretty sad for the industry. And I hate to say this about peers in our industry, but most people don't give a fuck about their clients or the jobs that they do on their job. Mm-hmm. And I'll let Gary go into describing how in detail we differentiate on that because he's kind of the, we make fun of him that he's OCD, <laughs> but it's honestly, it's amazing. I love it because he's our, he's our quality control check on every job because mm-hmm. he treats every property like it's his property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Essentially going into every job, whether it's a mulch job or a simple grass cut or, you know, pressure washing or whatever we're tasked with doing for the day. Before we get there, I give all the guys the rundown of what we're supposed to be doing. Um, I answer questions that, well, mainly Blaine, I guess, has questions for me. So I, you know, help him out. He helps me out. Um, We do the job. As we're doing the job, I'm like making sure that not only myself, but everybody involved, like the guys are, are making sure that it's done to the quality that I would like to provide the client. Um, and then at the end of the job, I do another walk around, sometimes two, and if something seems out of place in my eye, where like if somebody was providing this service for my property, that I would, you know, I would appreciate a little bit more respect, which goes a long way with working with clients. And, um, I mean, I, like Kyle said on the OCD thing, I, you know, something's going to stick out like a sore thumb for me and I just essentially have to fix it, (laughs) Um, which, you know, which sometimes, which sometimes hurts the efficiency, but I think it also helps with the care and, and really goes a long way. We we pick our battles there. We pick our battles. And again, the question was not what makes you the most efficient business on the planet. It's just what differentiates you from the competition, I think. Mm-hmm. you know yeah that whether is that it. one right. point has pros and cons like that's different differentiates right mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. and yeah. i want to go into a little bit of what garrett said is when he's going over the job blaine who's one of our guys who works full-time for us he he's asking questions and what that tells me is that not only do we care our guys care mm-hmm. and they do mm-hmm. and i i have to preach i preach about them all the time they're the hardest working guys in the world they they care. They want to they want to do a good job, and they they aren't afraid to ask questions. They aren't afraid to take more time to do it right, and they they take pride in their work, which is one of the most impressive things that mm-hmm. I have to give them credit for. Which I also think is a very big differentiator, and honestly, one of our biggest differentiators is that our quality of labor is mm-hmm. better than mm-hmm. most in the industry. And I I'm very very proud and very lucky to have the guys that we have. Mm-hmm. absolutely um the next question sorry i want to touch on another point oh, real quick that just kyle made me think about it when talking about our guys but um another differentiator from our business versus others in the same industry um i would say that at least for the most part like there's always going to be some shitty jobs that aren't the most fun but i would say for the most part our guys really enjoy working Mm-hmm. which is hard to find For sure. because there's a lot of people in the world, most people probably that just, you know, go in, do what they're told, hate their fucking life and they leave. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> Whereas I think our guys enjoy it. Um, you know, I mean, just as something as simple as us buying them a sub every day for lunch, yeah. like, that just gives that much more enjoyment 
onto like their work day, which is, I think, truly like what truly differentiates us from other business yeah. where people enjoy working with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you guys were saying those because like I said, to play devil's advocate at all saying quality and customer service, like obviously yes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, every business should want that if not have it. Um, so I think the past few things you said though, like that's actually like, you're unlike any business in maybe the region. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you know, aware, it, who aware, knows? Yeah. But it at least makes you that much more unique. Um, mm-hmm. The next question is, as a business owner, are you thinking, my assumptions about business are still reasonable? So things that you think you could learn about business still, that you're just making assumptions of right now. Like you're still learning actively sure sure i I mean are there things that you're unreasonable about i i have to answer that by saying in my mind whatever i can imagine i think i can achieve so i would i would have to say absolutely they're reasonable but to anyone else besides me when i when i talk about the things that i think are reasonable I don't think a lot of other people would think they are. And I do get a lot of pushback and backlash from the aspirations and goals we have set because people think they are unattainable. But I, I think the sky's the limit. We've said that already. Like the sky is truly the limit. And as long as I believe we can get there and we continue doing the things we do and putting our blood, sweat and tears into it, I think anything's possible. Mm-hmm. There, there's a certain point though, right? Obviously, most successful business owners think like this, but there's also at least a portion in which you're like, all right, let's get back to reality here. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like the true definition of the word reasonable, you know, it could be up to you, right? What's reasonable to you and what's not. Absolutely. But there's also kind of like a baseline, like. Sure. Acceptable. What's truly attainable. Right. So then what was the question? Do I think that my, like, are there any business assumptions that you've been making that you're like, oh, I still need to learn about this for sure? I mean, I would almost say everything because I'm trying to increase efficiency, right? Like, I mean, we keep going back to that. Yeah, I feel like we're a broken record by saying efficiency, but I think what Garrett's trying to say is that we realize there's always more to learn and mm-hmm. we know that. I think right now we have very realistic assumptions and very realistic goals. And a lot of the the goals that we set for this year, we have a whiteboard that we've been checking them off and we already have most of them attained because they were so conservative. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's helped us. We use the phrase that is coined from Gary V is like uh, macro speed, um, micro patience, which means you move fast all the time and you're getting shit done every day. But the long-term goal, you have patience to let it develop. Mm-hmm. You know, how we, like, adapted that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think this is a good thing to know a year in, you mm-hmm. know, and then reflect on. Mm-hmm. The last question I have here is, are we avoiding any tough decisions, any big moves that could be made either now or in the very near future? Am I 
pushing them away for any reason at all? See, this is where I almost wanted to go back and do a touch on the last thing because this sort of goes into this question of how I'm going to answer it because that's sort of a leading question for me to because I'm in the process of considering if I'm going to return for my senior year of college and I'm considering the options of the benefits of me not taking this time away and go to school just to further the business to learn the things that we were just talking about to increase the reasonable assumptions we have for the business. So if I take the year off of school, not doing academics, but learning business, working with my dad, getting a mentorship, working at another business, furthering our operations and our services, preparing things for our next year, learning all those things that will make it more reasonable to have higher assumptions for our business. That is why I'm considering this next question of pushing back this choice of what I want to do because it's an almost impossible choice to weigh the pros and cons of it because they're just two totally different paths of whether I want to continue on and finish my senior year and get my degree or just continue pursuing my passion of business and growing the company that I have so much passion and energy for. Right. Mm -hmm. And not to skip too quick, do you have any, Garrett, that you think are separate from that? Because that's kind of like an inevitable decision that's clearly massive that's coming up, and we'll go dive into it more mm -hmm. in a bit. But is there anything else? Um, I mean, just keeping on the business topic, because right? there's personal decisions that you guys are aware of that I, you know, am somewhat pushing back, but I'll, I'll keep yeah. this. <laughs> I'll keep this towards business. Uh, I wondered if you'd go there. Um, but I mean, from my perspective, it's not like we've had any truly tough or like you know, we're just holding back. I mean, the toughest decision that I've probably made. Or, you know, conversation, I guess, is just talking to clients that we simply can't agree on a price. And, you know, I want to I want to essentially serve everybody that reaches out to me because that's what I'm here for. And, you know, at the end of the day, I need to be able to run a business. And, you know, I can't be doing that if I'm losing money. So if a client wants me to do a job for 50% of what I quoted it for, tough decision for me is to try and... You know, get the somewhere job in the done middle and get the job. Yeah, you're losing money. Yeah, because that's, it's tough. That's kind of a perfect like summary of everything we've said before, right? Is that brings in efficiency? That brings in what differentiates you, which is that you care mm -hmm. almost too much. There's no such mm -hmm. thing, but you could say it. Um, <laughs> and like that's what makes even turning down a client because of a price disagreement. It is truly a tough decision for you guys. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen you guys like slave over decisions for days mm -hmm. because you're like we want to care for this client that's what our company is that's what we're built on mm -hmm. but at the same time how can you be efficient how can you make the money like it's a mm -hmm. constant it's such a seesaw in business in general mm -hmm. i think back to a little more on the question of choices that have been difficult to make there are a lot of learning curves of what mowers we're going to buy, what oil do we need to buy, what trailer is the best decision to invest in, do we want to buy a dump truck yet, what storage unit are we going to buy, mm -hmm. there, there, what insurance are we going to have, what, what, uh, what a lot of those decisions that we're going to make 
that were not we didn't push them back really i think i think we handled them pretty well there were some that we took longer to finally pull trigger on but i think we're pretty good of bouncing it off each other and coming to conclusions pretty quick and just going with it and not worrying too much of if we're going to regret the decisions, it's better to just get them done and keep moving forward. That's why our slogan is keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. We kind of adopted that because we realized that there isn't always going to be a perfect answer. So just make the decision, keep moving forward and keep going and then learn from it, learn from it. Exactly. That's kind of a testament to you guys. And the opposite of this question is those are tough decisions that you guys don't avoid. You take them head on and you, live with the results because mm-hmm. you believe in your kind of intelligence, which is what we talked about the episode. <laughs> it's crazy. This is all just kind of interrelated. Yep. Um, yep. It's those... also related to my choice to go to Clemson because right. my parents think I should go because it's an insurance policy that I can get a job someday, but I don't ever have aspirations to do that because I think I can rely on my work ethic and intelligence as a backup insurance plan. That I'll always be good with or without the piece of paper. That's one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Right. So, to move into the next topic, which is kind of just society and how I'm twenty three years old. Garrett, you're twenty three as well. Mm-hmm. Kyle's twenty one, about to be twenty two. I just turned twenty two. Twenty two, actually. Um, but we're all relatively the same age, obviously, and we all have dealt with how society has kind of impacted our lives obviously, um, and how the tough decisions may be influenced at all by society and what's acceptable and what, you know, you feel like you're being pressured to do. Mm, love it. The societal pressures. So I think we should just talk about that for a little, because I think it's a very interesting topic and I've wanted to hit it for a while. Um, and it kind of connects. Mm-hmm. Gary, you want to start? I think we got we both kind of have a lot to say yeah. on this because we both kind of were in the same situation. Yeah. Um, so from my perspective, just you, you were going to be a fucking arena yeah. one point. Just too. <laughs> just going from high school, going back to the end of high school, senior year. I was, I mean, basically, I was full sending joining the Marine Corps, and my mom and my dad were. I mean. To say it lightly, they were completely against it, <laughs> which I ended up going to school, um, which, I mean, obviously I had a blast, learned a lot, matured as an individual, but the system itself is flawed, which I, you know, that's kind of why I wanted to go to the Marines in the first place. Um, I feel like what the biggest thing for me, for both of us, was like, we didn't know really what to do, because you were, you always said Marine Corps, but... I mean, even I, then, I, don't, I, I think know. that, yeah, like even then, were you 100% sure that's what you wanted to do, you know, like I mean, at that age, the pressures are, are pointless because you don't really know what you want to do. So how are other people going to know what you want to mm-hmm, do? Mm-hmm. So like, who the fuck knows? That's the whole problem with the society pressures in general of typical go get your four year university degree, because like you said, you matured and there was a bunch of benefits, but you could be a much happier, not to say you're not happy now with the life you have, everything happens for a reason, but you could have been a much happier individual and much more successful if you would have went the other route that mm-hmm. wasn't traditionalist in our, in your parents' and my parents' point of view, which is what I think is asinine. Mm-hmm. 
because for me, I was in the same boat when when I was graduating high school. I didn't even have a a Marine Corps or any like. So, I mean, I had aspiration and ambition, but it wasn't it wasn't directionalized. It wasn't it had no no direction besides pick a college, any college, spin the wheel and go. Like there was no. There was no, you should, I mean, a lot of push was lawyer, go business, sales, marketing, stuff that my parents thought I'd be good at, but they never asked, like, what are you good at? Like, what do you like to do? What do you see yourself doing? Like, they asked those questions, but it was always, like, go to college. And yeah, it was it. more or less, like, go to college and figure, figure this it stuff out. out. Yeah. You know, right. and I was like, well, I don't know what the fuck I want to do. Right, Which, that's an that's, expensive figure it out trip. Yeah. That's more societal than it is individualized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Our, your parents, my parents, they're not unique. Right, they're not <laughs> thinking yeah. this. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's you know that's it's what all of our about. friends. It's interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's certainly interesting how one day it just became like, all right, you don't exactly know what you want to do and how to get there. All right, just go to college. Mm-hmm. This is where last night my mom had a party and I talked, I was pretty drunk and I was just ranting on about how I think the college system and these exact conversations that we're having is fucked up and should be changed is that the scenario of an 18 year old graduating high school pressed with the decision of investing. Most people pay on a hundred thousand dollars in student loans, picking a four year university. So a $100,000 four-year education where you don't do much besides drink, do whatever, like party, smoke weed, like go out to bars and occasionally go to class and take some tests for $100,000 in debt when you still don't know a thing about taxes, real estate, investing, or what actually matters in life and you still don't know what you want to do mm-hmm. versus I proposed the additional choice that could be proposed that society is starting to warm up to, but hasn't been prehistorically is that you can go earn another education working instead of paying for an education that's outdated. Like when our parents, our parents told us to go to college so much because when they were graduating high school, going to college meant that you were going to be paid substantially more and get a better job because you had access to a certain limited information that only colleges have. We, as a new generation, have had all that information for free on smartphones in our pockets since we were in fucking middle school. So it's just, it's made the the value of the college degree less Mm -hmm. and people aren't open to change of the other options that people would do. Right, which I think ties into the, you know, even in even in high school, right? So it's the the flaws start in high school and in primary education, rather than secondary. I mean, it flows into secondary, like we've mm-hmm. already started discussing. But you know, society is, I think, not evolved as rapidly as it could have. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm not. You know, they don't teach financial literacy. It's yeah. just like Robert T. Kiyosaki, rich dad, poor dad. Yeah, they don't teach you the the ways of the taxes. They don't teach you not to work for money. They don't teach you a lot of the things that we're talking about would open people's eyes to this other choice rather than just go to school, learn how to be a worker so you can get a job and slave away for your whole life. I think, I mean, 
<laughs> this is tough. Because, you know, while I think the education system's flawed, maybe it's not, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm not trying to be in the bottom 50%. <laughs> I don't even, even think it's that because we've said, like, lawyers, you should go to college so that you right. can then yeah, go, I mean, like, if you're a specialized, yeah, if you're a specialized job that you want to pursue, then that is a good path for you and that should always be a thing. That is efficient for society. Right, but, you're not discrediting mm-hmm. college as a whole. Right. You're mm-hmm. saying the idea of college societally is just broken. Yes. Like mm-hmm. the fact that that's where you go if you don't know two things, what you want to do and how you're going to get there. You can know what you want to do. And they still say go to fucking college because you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't know how to get to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could not agree more. And it's it's almost like, how do you even change it? Like, what do you do? Like, why? How can we get to a point where families and just like across the whole society in general believe that you don't have to tell your kids go to college or you're not going to be as successful as the next guy? Like, I that is the stigma that I think needs to change. I think it starts with with how you grow up and what you're taught. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean my yeah. dad's an entrepreneur and he still told me to go to college. Yeah. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, he owns his own thriving business that he's been very successful with and doesn't use his college degrees. He hasn't used them for the past 20-some years. Like, sure, he might have used some of the knowledge and connections he made during that process, but he virtually could have done exactly what he's doing now without it. And he still told me to waste and go in debt as much as I have pursuing a degree. Right. And honestly, my perspective is someone who's already gotten my degree and now sees the business and career path that I want. And I see people in my exact career path and they're so talented, right? More talented than me. They're at a point that I'm just not there yet. Right. And they got there not by going to college. Like they are teaching themselves these things. Like Mm -hmm. these are creative type of things and they could only learn that by themselves. Mm -hmm. And working through the job that they have and gaining experience through that. So that's just another, like you're trying to get experience. That's what it is with those four years in college. It's Mm -hmm. like what experience is going to help you the most in the long run and Societally, I don't think they know. They don't know the answer to that question. Their just bailout is go to college. Right, and let me ask you this. How can that be the bailout when going to college means going to get drinks Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? How is that the efficient bailout? Right, it's it's not efficient at all. That's why it's like crazy it's that so societally, like that we're just blindly following like this path that's just been predetermined mm-hmm. for us. Like we didn't really like we were born into this. Like this hasn't really changed in the twenty two years of life that we've been around. Like, it's because honestly, it's the internet. It's like the internet, iPhones, and the access to information. That back to like the intelligence thing. No offense on our parents' generation or any of the generations before us. As a species, we're always improving, so the next generation should always be better than the next. But as a whole, our generation, and specifically the one right after us, even though they're fucked up and weird and shit, it's because they're too intelligent for their own fucking good, is because we have had 
such a raw access to infinite knowledge our entire lives when our parents, the best they could do was go to the local library and, and check out a, a book, book. Mm-hmm. or like a, a fucking radio thing or some shit or like a movie, which is insane. And that's why we are like you, you pose the question of do you feel that you recept and retain information differently than other people? Yes, because we're so used to being overly stimulated with iPhones and screens and massive information at our fingertips that we can sort through and categorize and retain much better because we've been trained to do it at a younger age. Like my niece and nephew, they they do not miss a fucking beat. It is yeah. insane. They can use an iPhone. She's like my my niece is six years old. Yeah, she can use like is. an iPhone. Yeah, Garrett, your brother, like. They don't miss a beat, bro. They pick up on every word that you say. Like, yeah. they retain so much more than you'd think. And mm-hmm. same thing with our generation versus the parents. Yeah. Like my brother, he's six years old, and he was watching Japanese cartoons, learning construction. <laughs> yeah. And he mm-hmm. understands it completely. And yeah. Like, he doesn't even speak Japanese, mm-hmm. and he understands everything in the show. It, right. It doesn't make sense to me. And the point you brought up about generations is a perfect kind of backbone to this idea that we're presenting right is every generation is going to be taking in knowledge at a higher rate that's just the simple fact yeah as technology evolves and it will never stop we're in like the technological peak of society right now (laughs) so as that grows like our efficiencies are just going to keep growing especially when it comes to knowledge because that's just it's the most important thing like you said like Imagine our parents like watching a Japanese cartoon show to learn when mm-hmm. they were a kid. Like it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's impossible. Like, like how would they, they even watch it? You know what I mean? Like we have iPads and iPhones now mm-hmm. and Netflix mm-hmm. and like shit. Like there's just so much content and information out there, and it's so easy to get. Right, now. and it's just going to keep getting easier. That's my point. Google, YouTube, like all these search engines and information streams that. What what I notice is the big thing of why we're so much better is because when you sit around a fire with old people and they ask a question and nobody knows the answer to, what do they do? Grab their beer and take a sip. What would somebody in our generation do? Pull out their smartphone, Google it, have a detailed answer and a knowledgeable response to inform the entire crowd when the old guys would just chalk it up and say, I don't know, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I've seen so many times at Clemson, like one of my best friends and roommates down there being Brandon, he's, he's my roommate and he's like always Googling shit when he doesn't know it. And then he always like tells me, and I'm like, I fucking love that. That's right. awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it, if they really wanted to know it back then, they'd get in their car, they'd go to the fucking library, they'd get a book, they'd mm-hmm. read a little bit about it, get some knowledge. How long did that take? Right. Like how many things did you have Googled in that amount of time? All right. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, it is interesting how it's, it's evolving. And kind of back to your point about college, there's there's no doubt. You were kind of talking about it with your dad maybe last week about how, like, there's just no doubt that what you are saying about college right now will be accepted. About in, in 20 years, what I'm preaching right now is, I hope, is going to be the norm and I think will be the norm. I mean, yeah, I don't know the timeline, but like, there's no doubt that that's an inevitable societal yeah. evolution yeah. of how they view college and, and stuff like that. Like, You'll only have to pay for an education if you absolutely have to. Mm-hmm. That's why I preach what I do, I'm trying to put those thoughts out into the world. I'm trying to get people to adopt this way of thinking because this is the way society should move. It's hard to convince stubborn old age people. 
or your parents <laughs> and others. <laughs> um, we talked about spending your time efficiently. But now we want to end with a little Mount Rushmore here. Mount Rushmore of your favorite things to do. I know Tube Station listeners know Mount Rushmore's format well. It's basically a snake draft. There's four rounds. You have four picks, and you're putting together the best. You know, as all, although they're kind of personal, you're also trying to think like you know, if I if I put these four things on a board, will someone look at that board and be like, wow, that's a powerful lineup right there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of the point of Mount Rushmore as well. So while spending time efficiently. You know, you can do something you love and it'd be efficient. You can also do something you love and it's not that efficient, you know. But, you know, <laughs> we all do it. I mean, that's what life is. Mm-hmm. Being happy and doing what you love. Yep. So at the end of the day, your favorite things to do. Normally I prepare for Mount Rushmore's, but I just came into this one kind of fucking cold. I think we all did. Like, <laughs> yeah. no road shit down nope. like normal. Nope. We're yeah. just going to come in. Who's going first? What's on our mind, honestly? Do a little... uh Hershey kiss toss to see who goes first here. Throws it. It's me. I get the first pick, second pick. <laughs> it's Kyle. Because the little thing is pointing that way. Landed straight up. Oh, all right. So this is a snake draft that we know. With the first overall pick, I am going to take. So just a little clarification on this. <laughs> Because yeah. I'm about to get two picks in a row here. Yeah. Right. So favorite things to do. Right. This it is can be general. now. It can be when you were a kid. It can be. It's at all any about point context. Yeah, yeah. You can just provide the context to. Right. Say okay. what point in like, like some of your like favorite things to do things you haven't be, done in like five years. One of my things could be like a proper noun. One could just be a, a, a verb. Phrase, one yeah. could be just like a regular noun. Like, yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. You could say so me and sex and chips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the first pick, I'm going to go with favorite things to do. Talking to my friends. Wow. That's a very good one. Good one. I just came up with that one on the spot, honestly. I had some plan, but I was just thinking like, I love talking to my friends, you know, whatever mm-hmm. situation it might be in, it all holds so much value, dude. You have no idea how lucky we are to like have someone that you could basically say anything to. Mm-hmm. Like there's people that don't have friends at all. Yeah. Like they bottle everything up. Mm-hmm. It's such a blessing. So that's all. Yeah. Good, good pick. Good pick. Mm-hmm. Kyle, you're up. Second pick. Um, I'm not going to pick the other one that I picked because I thought you were going to pick mm. it. And I think it's going to be there for me next round. So I'm going to go with – and I think I think I enjoy this one more because I think I'm, I'm actually more passionate about it and I definitely take the most time on it. And it's what pretty much fills up my life and is at the epicenter of everything that I do is talking about, thinking about, learning about finance and business is just – all in all, my favorite thing in the world. Like, it is actually just so riveting, thrilling, like, fulfilling. Like, so many different things I can say about it that just, like, makes me feel so good about talking to new people about it. Like, teaching someone something new about finance or 
helping somebody gain some piece of financial literacy that they didn't have or furthering my business, talking with Garrett, just anything within the realm of talking about finance or business or, or being involved in that at all. is like my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. All right, Garrett's got two. Yeah. So this is very broad, and I don't know if I can pick this, but I'm just going to say it and let you guys kind of let me choose it or not. But I'm going to say my favorite thing to do is to grow myself. No, I like it. If that makes sense. So, I mean, this is is general. It's broad. No, I'm I'm jealous. I like it better than mine. But... I want to say, <laughs> like, whether it's for personal, you know, physical betterment, whether that's going to the gym or reading a book or, you know, just furthering my knowledge on any topic mm-hmm. um, or growing, you know, my mind and my relationships, right? So, I mean, it's broad. I get it, you know, but it's, it's something that I think everybody should do. Um, which, you know, can help with societal problems, I think, right? Because everybody is more mindful of the decisions that they're making and what they're doing in their daily lives to better themselves. Um, so if you guys are cool with that, I'm going to go with that for one. <laughs> and yeah, then... Nice. Second pick? My number two pick. I mean, this is more for me, right, versus you guys. But I would probably say spending time with Kelsey and my cats and my dog. Um, I mean, it just brings self-enjoyment, and I like doing things with them, um, you know, kind of like the family aspect of life, um, and just spending time with, with those closest to you and your family. Um, I mean, and that ties into friends as well, but, you know. No, yeah, I like that one, and that's really important. I think when we had our little hospital scare, it was that kind of brought us back to light <laughs> to focus on that a little more. I like that, but I'm going to follow that up with a less personal one or a a less touchy feely one than that is just pretty simple i just love to golf it's just one of my Mm -hmm. favorite Mm -hmm. things to do get out there improve on my game it's one thing that i know that i'll never be as good as i want to be so it's a it's a lifelong journey and a process where i can always achieve to get better and that's something i really love about the game and it's just peaceful you can do it by yourself practice anytime i just love everything about it yep Mm mm-hmm that one. I, knew, I knew I took that one pretty in my top four. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, I'll go two in a row here. Um, first one, I would have to say, is probably smoking weed. Fuck you. <laughs> I just feel like... Fuck you, asshole. I get... I wouldn't even pick that. Bro, he took, <laughs> he took golf, so I had to yeah, take it. <laughs> but uh, I just feel like when I'm... I mean, I say this almost every episode now, I feel like, but I just love... <laughs> being high because it like gives you just a different perspective like that's mm-hmm. literally the biggest advantage that it gives you is like it puts you in a different state of mind and you're just a different conscious whether it's slightly sometimes it's a lot <laughs> but uh you know it just gives you that that edge almost mm-hmm. i think it gives you some sort of enlightenment and wisdom and a way to think about things in life and come to realizations that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to challenge yourself in. Right. It gives you mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah. And I'm a big perspective. Me too. Absolutely. I've just very recently kind of like been conscious about perspective and changes the game. Don't different it? ones, mm-hmm. you know, it probably happened a couple of years for me, like in the middle of college, I was just like, wow, like the world is just 
crazy place and there's a lot of different ways you can look at perspectives it. Perspectives yeah. um, you know, in life. My third pick. Um, wow, this is tough. Now I'm starting to lose a little, little momentum here. Favorite thing to do. I got, I got two more good ones. I will say admiring like a good like moment so i just think like if you're in i don't know about you guys but sometimes i'm in these like amazing moments and i consciously sit back and like think and this kind of goes back to perspective again but i just like take it all in i like sit there Mm -hmm. and i'm consciously Mm like wow like this is an incredible moment in my life and like I'm going to remember this. For yeah, a you time. recollect and reconvene your thoughts. It's almost like moment. you bookmark it in yeah. your timeline of memories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As like a core one. Yeah. A really cool moment. Um, that's my third pick, Kyle. Third All right. Pick. Third one is playing basketball. Basketball and golf are two pillars of my life and identity that pretty much I'd be happy if I didn't do anything but play golf and basketball all day, every day, along with talk about the things that I mentioned first I think that's good because like golf like I mean you name two sports but like there's more than just a sport right like golf it takes so much like finesse and like compassion or just passion for the sport to like really be dedicated and basketball it just brings in a complete like brings in the competitive side like a lot you know you're just Mm -hmm. You're in the game. Like you're I think it's two different kinds of competitive nature and that's why I love them both individually of golf is a competitive game within myself. It's always me versus me. How am I getting better? My game is my score. I'm the only one who influences it. But with basketball, you get to take that competitive edge against others. It's uh it's a you versus other people type of thing and it's more of a a physically demanding blow off some steam different culture too absolutely because i've met so many more friends playing basketball so many more connections so many more people built so many more things in my life with basketball than than golf but golf i see as just such a a personal improvement part of my life where Mm -hmm. it's it it mirrors my my lifelong process of trying to get better like garrett said but basketball is also just such a great thing for so many reasons like you said jack it's not just the game it's it's so many other things that it provides Mm -hmm. garrett three and four all right so i'm gonna get a little bit specific um i feel like i've gotten very specific yeah yeah (laughs) yeah um and i like to think of myself as a selfless person um or at least i try to be in most situations um but there's just this I think Kyle might choose one of these or this as well, um, you know, but I got to take it and uh, I'm going to go with seeing the satisfaction and um, what's the word? Not respect, but like just appreciation for when my guys get paid. (laughs) There's nothing like a Friday afternoon or Friday evening whenever we're done for the week and our guys get paid. Yeah. It's just such a great feeling being able to provide that yeah. for others. And it's it's 
almost unmatched. I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's all, it's like, it gives you a different good. kind of like yeah. work ethic for mm-hmm. like initiative of like mm-hmm. what you're inspired yeah. to do. Provide. Like I'm not just doing what I'm doing for me. I'm doing this for others. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just one way that I'm able to do that. Oh yeah. And then the fourth one, which I have to pick because I have no idea what I would do without it, but owning a truck. Oh my God. I totally thought you were going to pick a different one, dude. And I was really surprised it wasn't in the top three. Really? Yeah. Can I hear it? Clash of fucking Royale. I I understand that. Are you kidding me? It's self-enjoyment. It's self-enjoyment. That's self-enjoyment, but I could live without video games. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, top things to do. Like, yeah. you got to have a truck. I, I, I like my truck. It, it doesn't have the same. But Clash might be five. You know what yeah, I mean? Because, yeah. <laughs> like, the fulfillment and the joy that I see from you playing that game is actually, like, it has to be one of your favorite things to do. It's definitely up there. It's definitely up there. But I can live without it, mm-hmm. you know? So I took a lot of things in perspective. Sure. But yeah, that's owning true. a truck, you know? Sure. I yeah, got to have one. a truck. <laughs> you took two for me there. Uh, oh, my my fourth and that's final, it. I think probably um, listening to music. Music's a crucial <laughs> part of my life. I think I just stole one from Jack. You but, just fucked me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you fucked me on one of yours. So. But yeah, listening to music is just fantastic. I mean, sort of like what Jack said with perspective, you can tie everything together with how you can put on a song to influence whatever mood you want to experience yeah, you can whatever song is playing you can pop in your headphones and like you're kind of engulfed in the reality of what the song is like the words of the song are the only thing in the music it's the only thing you hear in your head it kind of takes over your thoughts and like puts you in a new place and it's been it's been a, a comforting source to always have and rely on is just to always know that no matter what you're feeling you can pop on some music and like chill out and feel okay and like get your emotions in check oh yeah kyle knows i mean i i love music mm-hmm. so much it means so much yeah. it's so important um but yeah you guys definitely like music a lot more than i do yeah, yeah we I mean, do. it's just <laughs> i don't know what like i don't know why that might be <laughs> maybe i just have more time to like listen to music but um yeah no that's a really good one see um, i think mm-hmm. i think you're you probably have a little more respect for music as an art form than I do. And, and that more of level of an interest in music in addition to like the, the emotional connection I have with it, you know? Definitely. Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I just like, there's, I, I like a bunch of different genres. I don't know. Each of them do something for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. Like you said, like, what is, like, we talk about it, what is your favorite kind of music like i don't have one i don't like, even don't know either. Yeah. i don't even know like they all do something a little different for mm-hmm. me and that's what makes music so special is it has all these different things that it could do for you just by being music um but yeah uh, my fourth and final i will take being with like a perfect dog <laughs> like mm-hmm. my description of a perfect dog is pretty broad like it's pretty easy to be a perfect dog yeah Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you but you know what i mean like when you're with a dog and they're just being man's best friend fucking dog Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. oh my god it's the best feeling bro like i love it so much that is a good one to end on bro absolutely but um we'll post these somewhere get some votes here get some thoughts on our mount rushmore you know first one of this group
Um, do you guys have any closing remarks about anything that we've discussed? Yeah, I just want to say thanks for having us on. It was Absolutely. a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I think we uh, we got a lot of good thoughts on. I can't wait to go back and listen and reflect on a lot of things that we talked about. And mm-hmm. uh, I just I hope we can do it again because it was a blast, and I, I really enjoyed it. And I hope it provides some value to anybody who listens to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, um... And also I'd like to include for anybody who's listening and ever wants to talk business, finance, life, philosophy, whatever, like I'm, give me a call or shoot me a text or reach out to Jack to get my contact info. I love to talk and I'm always open to new relationships, connections and business operations. So Definitely. I, uh, you know, kind of connects back to your Mount Rushmore. Like that's why you picked that because you, you want to talk about it. Yep. <laughs> um, if you guys enjoyed this episode, you know, shout out Step Pro Services for sure. You know, they, they're, looking to maybe start their own little podcast you know it'll be a unique style it won't be anything like the tube station it'll have all kinds of different stuff going on and um you know we'll get you the details for that as soon as that kind of uh, comes to fruition but i think this is a good introduction and we're i know noel would feel the same but we're glad to have you guys on and um get the juices flowing a little bit 